Hi, this is Eddie Deason. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's laboratory. Ha 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 ha. You are listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Chris Stolle of Breaking the Fourth Wall. Myself and Ray sit down with the host of Days of Comics Past podcast, Mike Neal, to discuss nerd culture, suicide hotlines, and, of course, what it takes to become a podcaster. Guys, Enjoy this episode. We certainly did sit down. It is a long one, but it's a great, great ride. And without further ado, here's Mike Neal. All right, so uh, what, what do you guys discuss on the uh, Star Wars podcast? Was it War of the Stars? Yep, yep, War of the Stars, a Star Wars well, podcast. So obviously you talk about Star Wars, but I mean, what, what are some of the topics you guys talked about? Um, we've actually talked about, well, I, I'm relatively new to the show, but before I joined on, I mean, they did stuff like, um, they did an entire series about, uh, the women of star Wars and they, they just kind of said, okay, today's episode is about princess Leia Organa. And they just, that's all they talked about. The whole episode was about her character and her development and things like that. Um, more recently with me on the show, we've talked about, um, the history and the origin of like the Sith order, the Jedi order. Um, we've discussed, um, Emperor Palpatine and kind of discussed his plot. And I try to throw out at the end of the show, just this hypothetical question. Um, like the most recent one was what, how do they think the story would have gone if um, Qui-Gon Jinn had said, uh, nope, Anakin's not the chosen one, and they left him right there on the planet? You know, and then everybody kind of discusses it. And The, the thing would... is, War of the Stars is one of our longest-running shows on Realm of the Mist, um, next to Breaking the Fourth Wall, actually. And it's always been a, a broad spectrum of, of Star Wars uh, information. We, we would cover things from canon to legends. Uh, obviously, uh, speculations of the new movies or the new books or the new comics. And, of course, uh, fan theories and what-ifs. And, and like, like Ray said, we, uh, we started delving into the female characters and their impacts uh, within the Star Wars universe, canon-wise, and, and some non-canon, like Myra Jade. Uh, and then when I stopped doing War of the Stars, because I used to be a co-host, I stopped doing it because I was just running too many things at once. Um, and Mark took on Ray. They were just starting doing the, the men of Star Wars and then it switched over to like what Ray was saying but it, the, the easiest answer is War of Stars always has been a, a hodgepodge of, of just Star Wars information and knowledge anything anything we can get our hands on to have a conversation about right and we always start the show with like the most recent news that's come out you know very recently so we always discuss that at the very beginning yeah, I, I remember reading an article, and it's probably been a few years ago, about how it was talking about 
how the the Jedi Council was actually the bad guys in all of it. <laughs> yeah, we kind of touched on that a little bit. <laughs> we didn't I, do yeah. like a whole show about it, but we we touched on it. I, I saw something I, I hadn't read yet about the Empire being innocent. <laughs> yeah. But they always... Things always like movies and everything always has stuff like that because like they had like a uh, Karate Kid, how yeah. like, Daniel was actually the bad guy the whole entire movie, and he yeah. was the one being. Yeah, I, it's crazy when you look at stuff like that from different perspectives. Yeah. They're really not wrong though. I mean, have you watched a Karate Kid? Yeah, okay, Johnny and them were bullying Daniel, but Daniel was usually the one who picked the fight. Right. <laughs> it, it, it was. But, and when you start watching it, you're like, oh my God, they're right. Yeah, like and the then. Where, and like, they well, capitalized the where, like, on Johnny that. is, um, like, Johnny's smoking in the bathroom, and then Daniel comes in there and puts the water hose over the bathroom stall. Yeah. It's like, he didn't do anything to you. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's trivial when you think about that. Did you guys see where. um? Oh my god, I can't remember the guy's name. But the guy that uh, have you guys watched uh, Cobra Kai? I, I did not. Yeah, yeah, I did. It, and that's where I was about to say, like they they capitalized on that fan theory in um, How I Met Your Mother, and they because one of the characters in there honestly believed that you know Johnny was the was wronged. And he was the good guy, and Daniel was, the, and so they, they actually got him to come onto How I Met Your Mother. It was a whole thing. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I know. Yeah, it was a, a whole episode of him, you know, justifying how he was the the good guy and all that. But then, fast forward a little while later, and now we've got Cobra Kai, and now it's almost like the tables have turned a little bit, and it's kind of cool. I liked Cobra Kai. One of the first theories I, I, I ever heard about the Karate Kid was actually that uh, Johnny should have won by default because the crane kick that Daniel used was actually an illegal uh, right. uh, uh, strike to the face. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Which, which in I most mean, karate competitions is a disqualifying offense. <laughs> which would make sense. That would make perfect sense. <laughs> I, I can't I can't talk more highly of Cobra Kai. I think it's an excellent show. I, I've yeah. loved it. I've heard great things about it. I just haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. And I have heard that they brought Ralph Macchio in, so they they almost like re re brought up the feud between Daniel and Johnny in this now. Oh yeah, <laughs> big big time. And, but but it but it, it plays out. The show plays out. To where you really, it, it makes it hard to pick a side and who you want to be, you know, I want to be on Johnny's side or I want to be on uh, Daniel's side. It, it's hard to pick a side. Yeah, know? yeah, they really, they did a good job with that. You can't, there, there's no black and white in this one. It, it's all gray. Yeah, they are, really, they took that theory and ran with it. Those yeah, are some they of the, did. Those are some of the funnest ones, though. I mean, like... Uh, yeah, okay, things like Star Wars, it's usually very black and white. You know the good guys are the good guys and the bad guys are the bad guys in the story. But, you know, the shades of gray ones are the ones that are always the most fun. Because you sit yeah. there and you're like, well, okay, what that guy did there was wrong. However, he did it for this reason, which is good. 
And then the enemies of them, they're supposed to be the bad guys, but they're really trying to feed their village or, you know, whatever. Like, you can almost see both sides of the conversation. Right. Those are just, always just the like, most fun. Like, like when people uh, started debating on whether Themis was, you know, is Themis a bad guy or is what he doing? Is he good? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, I mean, I love that argument. It, when people started bringing that up, I'm like, you know what? They're right. <laughs> yeah, he honestly he thinks what he was doing was right. Exactly. Yeah, he really did. And, and which yeah, who's I mean, to I, say to me, he wasn't? <laughs> better. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but to me, that when you have an aspect like that in a movie, it makes it better. It does. I've even heard fan theories of things like Star Trek, where the Federation are a. Uh, in a sense, a globalist faction, uh, uh, fascist faction that is destroying uh, cultures. You know how, mm-hmm. like, like how the uh, Federation tries to recruit uh, planets and and systems into into the Federation, creating one gigantic conglomerate. But in reality, what they're doing is erasing the cultures of all these other planets and forcing them into the guidelines and rules of the Federation. <laughs> that yeah. that, the- that fan theory. Argument. Well, I mean, there's supposed to be too, you know. There's supposed to be like this scientific exploration thing, but nine times out of ten, they're getting into fights. Like, what the heck? What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, a science vessel is very, not built for true. war. A, a, a scientific and scientific and exploration vessel is not built for war. I.e., look at the original Enterprise. Now, I don't mean like the TV show. I mean Star Trek Enterprise. That ship was not equipped for what it did. But then you go into the Enterprise that we all know and love, like Kirk's or, or Picard's, and that they were warships. <laughs> they may have had a bar in them or something, but they were warships. <laughs> well, I saw a thing on Facebook that had me cracking up yesterday. It was uh, Kirk and Spock together. It was like one uh, uh, meme, and it was Kirk and Spock together, and it said, uh, if... Um, if we are boldly going where no one has gone before, how come we keep encountering people? Right. <laughs> I was good. like, oh, man, that's that's perfect. That's so true. <laughs> really should just been called, especially the original series, should have just been called uh, Trek porn. How, how many different alien species can I fuck? Because Kirk was uh... banging all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk was banging that, all of them. Um, that the just the the switch the subject up. Um, have you guys seen Joker yet? No, I have not. I want to so bad. I'm gonna say I, I actually went and seen it today, and uh, it, it's pretty good. I was really impressed with it. Um, Do you think it honestly, deserves the hate that it's been getting? A lot of uh, political politicized views on it. Or do you think that's just stretch, uh, stretching uh, because it's just a solid movie? I don't think it deserves. Uh, first of all, the whole, like, oh, my God, uh, we have to protect these theaters so nobody runs in there and shoots it up and stuff. No, but in my opinion, I wasn't thinking about this until somebody told me to think that. Right. So, right. I mean, I, I honestly wasn't. And I think they blew all that out of proportion. And I don't know if that was like a tactic or something. Maybe they're trying to do that to get people to want to go to the theaters. I don't know. I 
I have no idea. Well, see, I, um, I I have such a hard time with it as a concept because I mean, a comic book movie like Joker, who of course you're gonna you're you're you're, you're giving an origin story to a bad guy, you know, an iconic bad guy, no less. But I, you know, even if there's and I heard there's not a whole lot of violence in this movie. It's really a, a profile pick than an action adventure comic book romp. From from what it, I've heard, yeah. It is. It is that. But I'm seeing. I'm, and, I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing the difference between why this movie would send somebody into a rage to want to kill and murder somebody, and how things like, just off the top of my head, Fast and Furious wouldn't. Uh, I guess it's because he in the movie he deals with just so so much mentally, and I guess it's just the people around him. I guess, but honestly, I. I don't see it. Yeah, I really don't. Uh, maybe somebody will see it and, and feel like this connection with it. Like maybe they were treated this way by people and just society. And then like, oh my God, this guy was treated like that. Well, I'm going to do what he did in the movie. I guess I could see that. But like you just said, that's like me going to the theaters and seeing a Fast and Furious movie. And you're like, oh, well, but I'll leave. I'm going to drive 120 miles an hour home and try to race somebody. You know, it's just, you're going to take what you're going to take from it. Look, the only movie that ever made me want to go in and like shoot up a, a, a theater. And I'm joking, by the way, don't actually go out and do this people. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but the only movie that ever made me murderous was fucking Twilight. You're like, you motherfuckers are the reason this even exists. God damn you. <laughs> I, I don't know. When I seen the Crystal Skull, I, I, I felt pretty fucked up after that. So, <laughs> it, that was, oh my God, they ruined Indiana Jones with that. And you know what? I bought it. I've watched it a couple times after that just because it's Indiana Jones. And every time when I see that alien, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you guys did this. Well, you, you know, you know what? We 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 could talk about that because I I have a, a more forgiving attitude towards Crystal Skull. Yes, it was the worst Indiana Jones movie ever fucking made. I'm not gonna lie, but I mean the alien aspect of it didn't bother me because I mean we had mystical powers and fucking the the cup of Christ and and you know the dust of the Ark of the Covenant create melted Nazis. I mean, it, it, it. Indiana Jones has always been far-fetched. Hell, Temple of Doom, we have a guy chanting and ripping people's hearts out and watching it burst <laughs> into flame. Like, the, the supernatural and the way out there has always been Indiana Jones. So that storyline didn't bother me. What bothered me was things like Shia LaBeouf. Yes. He ruined Jesus, the movie yeah. for me. <laughs> it was Shia LaBeouf, but it was seeing the alien that ruined it for me. I didn't have to see it. You know what I'm saying? When they when they opened the ark, you didn't see anything. Yeah, that mystery was still there. But when you seen when I seen the alien, I was like, oh, nah, that was not cool. <laughs> but you know, I, I I can get behind that. Yeah, like if they would have just you know explained that the skull was an alien skull and that the Aztec worshipped uh, this this spaceship or something like that, and and you just saw the ruins of it, I I think that might have been better than bringing the aliens back to life because you brought them their skull. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yes. I can, I can get, I can get behind that. Yeah. And, and, and you're, I mean, and you're exactly right. I mean, it, it fits the period, the time. It, that was a, the period where like area 51, had just kind of, I, I assumed that had just become a thing and aliens was a big thing during that time period. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's and it was kind of newly introduced them during that period of time. So I mean, it does fit it, you know, perfect. It's just like, man, I, I didn't have to see that, right? Yeah, but and also Shia Buff was horrible. Shia Buff was horrible. <laughs> yeah, because like how you just kind of tack that on the end there. Well, like... <laughs> well, the thing is, is yeah. there, there is a lot of redeeming qualities of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. You get to reunite. Uh, 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 Miriam and Indy, which you hadn't seen since Raiders of the Lost Ark, that is a wonderful thing. And then the little bickering between each other and everything—that was awesome. And and that John awesome. and John Hurt playing the role of like the mentor who gone a little cuckoo because of the skull. <laughs> he he was wonderful in it, you know. And even Kate yeah. Blanchett, even though her Russian accent was a little off, uh, you know yeah, her. her her character was pretty interesting, you know? So there was a lot of redeeming qualities to Crystal Skull. It was just yeah, ruined it, by it, some it terrible acting by Shia LaBeouf. And like you said, the the bringing the aliens to life instead of just realizing that, oh my God, the skulls were created or are the aliens and leaving it at that. Yes. And like I said, when they come out, I went bald and I watched it. I probably watched it dinner. <laughs> 20 times. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's Indiana Jones. <laughs> the, the adventure's still there. I mean, the heart of it's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what do you got? I mean, what do you think about them doing another one? As long as Shia LaBeouf is not in there, like we, we, we retcon and completely forget that Indy has a kid named Mud. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Like, let him pass it on. Like, I heard rumors that he's supposed to pass it on to some female character now whether it's his daughter or just somebody who followed his career or something. I'm huh. fine with it. Just do it right. Now, what, what did you think about uh, Blade Runner 2049? Never watched it because I wasn't ever into the first Blade Runner. Wow. Uh, and see, it caught... Blade Runner by itself catches a lot of shit, in my opinion. Because people look at it and... and I've, a whole lot of people that I've talked to that like did, like I've never watched it or I started watching it. I thought it was boring. It's it's a detective movie that's set in this this fantasy time. You mm-hmm. know? It's not people expect it to be these action packed movies, and that's not what they are. And I think a lot of people just if you look at it, I mean. You look at the trailers for the movies; they look like these action-packed movies, but that's not what they're about. They're they're detective movies. Well, but yeah, I, I mean I that's what Blade Runner was in the first place, trying to find the the uh, cyborgs. You know, hey, look, yeah. sometimes sometimes yeah. you do great things with with coming back to a to a great idea, and that, I'm not I I would never say that Blade Runner wasn't a good movie. I just I found it boring to watch. I think the concept yeah, was cool. I just I didn't get into it. It's it, no fault but my own that I didn't get into it. You know what I mean? But sometimes sometimes revisiting like the the, the Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I've heard mixed reviews about it. Again, I can't speak on it because I didn't watch it. But I mean, the 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 first thing that comes to my mind is Independence Day resurgence. And, some, and sometimes you <laughs> just shouldn't revisit so far away from. You know, Independence yeah. Day was a yeah, wonderful I would, I would film. I, I never even gave that a chance. I did. I tried. 
I, I really, I, I really did. And again, I can make an argument like Crystal Skull, where there was some things that were very redeemable in it. But for the most part, it was fan service gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when they try to just make a movie solely to appease fans and and make revenue. That's what happens right there. But let's let's look at an opposite coin, and and we're, it's perfect to talk about now since we're in a sci-fi mood. Anyway, we're coming up on the 40th anniversary of it. Let's talk about f- fucking Alien, and and of course the new trilogy, or at least supposed to be trilogy, that explains the backstory of the aliens. You know, um, Prometheus, Alien Covenant, and then the new one that's supposed to eventually. I believe it was originally supposed to be titled Alien Awakening. Hmm. I- I never heard a title for it. That was the last I heard. I could be wrong. And in the comments section, if I am, let me know. Maybe that was Covenant's original name or something. I don't know. But I, I have heard the, the title Alien Awakening. And I think that's supposed to be the third film, whether it's ever going to get made or not. I hope it does. But um, we, that, that's, well, I, that, that's an argument. I love those films. That's an argument and debate we can get into. Is uh, A lot of people hated Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Granted, a lot of people hated Alien Resurrection and Alien 3, um, but they feel that it, it, it fucked with the mythos, which I don't know how the creator of the of, of the whole entire franchise could fuck up the mythos. But <laughs> yeah. well, Ridley Scott created this shit, people. <laughs> yeah. Fans will always find a way. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The prequels, they will always find a way. Yeah. I love all those movies. I loved all of them. Um, I, Alien Three started. Alien Three started bad just because they killed Newt at the beginning of it. I'm like, no, why did you do that <laughs> at the very beginning? But it's hard to come off. It, it's hard to come off of Aliens and create anything after that, and people are not going to look back at Aliens. And say, yeah, well, this movie isn't Aliens. Well, see, I, I, I'll be the first one to admit, like, Alien 3, yeah, it was a little depressing and dark. So, of course, a lot of people are going to have an issue with it. And one of the things I always debunk about Alien 3 is, you know, people are like, well, the alien was weird. Of course it was weird. If, the, if you haven't noticed, the alien takes on the characteristics and traits of whatever was the host when the face hugger impregnated it. Right, so in Alien One and Al- yeah. and Aliens, it was humans. So the aliens had very human movements, right? Yeah. Alien Three was a fucking dog. <laughs> it acted yep. like a dog, and that's why it walked on all fours. That's why it hunched and attacked the way it did because it had characteristics of its host. You know, yeah. look, that, that completely makes sense. It, it that was even explained in Alien versus Predator, which, quite honestly, that's where, that's where I would agree with most people. Like, okay, you're just cash cowing and fucking up, but you know the the face hugger and the chest burster that busted out of the uh, the the Predator, and now you have a pred alien. That thing was fucking scary in a really shit movie. <laughs> yes. You know, but now see, I remember the first Alien versus Predator, but the second one I don't remember at all. It all. No. I remember watching it. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I don't remember anything. I and I thought about this the other day. I was like, I 
cannot even tell you what that movie was about. I remember the first one. And, I mean, the first one wasn't great, but it was okay. But I remember the second one. I don't, I mean, I don't remember it at all, but I do remember watching it. I remember it took place in Colorado, and I was living in Colorado at the time that it was filmed. You know, but it was a very forgettable movie. It, it really was. Like, like at least the first one served kind of a purpose of, you know, trying to say that this shit's been going on for years and we were being used as, as uh, a hunting ground for the Predators. Yeah. You know, that was that was kind of a neat story, but obviously all that got retconned with Prometheus and, and Alien Covenant, where you learned it was us that even created the species. Well, David, but I mean, you yeah. know, the, the and, I, and I love the fact that they use David like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I love, I love him. I mean, I, I just, if you're a fan of aliens, I can't see how you can't love these movies and how deep it's going into it and the story it's telling. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the, I think it, I think it, you know, a lot of people think it fucks with the mythos, but I think it explains it a whole lot more. It explains why Wayland Yutani wants this, this, uh, this creature and how they even knew about it because technically they were responsible for its creation. Yes. You know, it was, it was, uh, it was Wayland who created David and David created the xenomorph and the face hugger, you know, so it, it really, they're, they're not searching for a hostile creature to use as a military agent. They're looking for their product and property that they created, invented. <laughs> it makes sense. It, it's great storyteller. Yeah. It is. I mean, that's why I can't see how people, they hate them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've heard people talk about like Prometheus and say like they didn't they didn't, oh well I don't I, the alien looked weird I can't see it. I I don't know I don't like the way the aliens look I was like well it's it's a prequel you know, it has to evolve mm-hmm. yeah and then you hit Covenant and then you actually had the alien there and I heard people like oh well, it's not like the other movies <laughs> well that's that's why Ridley Scott had stated it's not the Xenomorph even yeah. in Alien Covenant it's not the Xeno it has not reached its perfection stage yet. <laughs> It was what did they call it? A protomorph? I think it's what they called. It was something morph. Yeah. So it wasn't even the full, fully evolved version of the alien that we know from 1979 or or on through. Quite honestly, the only alien in the whole entire franchise I didn't like was Baby in Alien Resurrection. Yeah. The birth alien that one that one looked puppety to me. Yeah, but beyond yeah, that, I've never did. had an issue with with any of the evolutions of the xenomorph or or face huggers or chest bursters. As long as it was gory and gooey and and H.R. Geigery, no issue. Yeah, you know I mean, and I think yeah. everything thus far has been. I mean, come on, in in Prometheus, you had a black goose sperm become a creature that was cut out of what's-her-face's stomach. You can't get yeah. any more fucking H.R. Geiger than that. <laughs> yes. That thing gave me nightmares. I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> <laughs> like that, you know what? That serves a part. I'm going to start showing that to my teenage son when he, you know, when he starts discovering himself. I'm going to show him that. He's like, that's what you're shooting into women. Knock it off. 
Yeah. yeah. You see that? You see that? You're shooting it off in those tissues, too, so make sure you throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna kill your mother every time she does her laundry and your oh, socks are standing now up. Now your mama her has to sit on that toilet seat, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Thank you, Ridley Scott. You're giving me birth control for my children. <laughs> Man, well, like because you talked about aliens versus predator. Did you watch that last predator movie that came out? No, but I've never been much of a predator fan. I know a lot of people would, are hellaciously in love with it, but to me, it was always a corny substitute for alien. I would, well, the the last one that came out is hands down probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and I I didn't even finish it. In a world where Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, and Juno exists, and you turn around and say it's probably one of the worst movies ever, that says a <laughs> lot. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I could not finish it. I could not. And, and the thing about it was, is the one that came out before that, I think it was, I think it was called Predators, and the and I think that it was supposed to be set up like a sequel to the actual first Predator movie, right? And it's like. Um, I can't remember how like this, these these people get on this planet, but when they get on the planet, they figure out that that it's inhabited with these predators, and they're hunting them. And it's actually a really good movie. I I thought it was just really really done really good. And then I watched this one that come out. I can't even, I can't even follow it. I, I mean, the only reason I got it was because Target had some special going on, and it was ten bucks on Blu-ray. <laughs> it had only been it been out for maybe a couple months. I was like, "Man, it's a sign. I must need to watch this movie." And I went, got it, and it was absolutely horrible. But, <laughs> I mean, but come straight, on, straight to bargain bin. You, you can't you can't knock the bargain bins again. I will defend this to every dying day, and I know it's a horrible fucking movie. Okay, it's a horrible movie based on a great book. But I still will sit down and love and enjoy watching it, and that's fucking Battlefield Earth. I yeah. revel I, in its uh, campiness. I revel in its cheesiness. I don't care. <laughs> I, I I think I watched that. I think I watched it a long time ago, but I don't remember very much about it. You know, I'm the same way with Wing Commander. I don't care that it's fucking horrible. It's based on a great video game, and I can enjoy it for what it is. It's it's one of those movies where it's like. The best way I can describe Battlefield Earth and Wing Commander, the best way I can describe it, it's one of those movies where you could just shut your brain off and, it, and <laughs> <Yeah>. enjoy it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you try to analyze it and especially try to compare it to its source material, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. But if you just shut your brain off and let yourself enjoy a popcorn flick, that's exactly what they are. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, like me and my, uh, me and the guy, I know was having a conversation the other day about Mortal Kombat and how they're coming out with the new movie. And he was like, yeah, man, the first movie was you know pretty good, but that second movie was horrible. And I was like, look, you know what? When they come out, I was a kid. I wanted that movie. I wanted both of them. And I'll tell you right now, they're not good movies. But no, no, they're not. I wanted those movies really bad, and they gave it to me, and I loved every bit of it. <laughs> you know, you know what? I would say Mortal Kombat One was better than Mortal Kombat Two for one simple reason: the actress who played fucking Sonya Blade was hotter. Yeah, yes, she was very <laughs> much so. Yeah, I it, 
You know, the second one would have probably been better if they could have got a lot of the cast back, but they didn't. Half the cast is different. Right. It's hard to explain that. There was no explaining. They just had different people playing the characters. Right. But I don't. I don't care what anybody says. I love those movies. I will sit down and watch the fucking Raul Julia and Jean Claude Van Damme Street Fighter. I don't care. I, I, you know, and that, and that coming in time that I wanted that, dude. I, I will still watch the Super Mario movie. Oh, everybody yes. says about that. I will still watch that, and I know it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, we ain't I going. We ain't going broke, Mario. We already there. <laughs> <laughs> name Mario. Last name Mario. <laughs> so, so wait, it's how many bad. Mario's are how many Mario's are there? Well, there's there's three. Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. <laughs> <laughs> great fucking movie. I don't care what anybody says. That's a great movie. It really is. Hey, but you know what? I, I I love these types of films. I love you know, low budget films. I love high budget films that failed sometimes, you know, like I'm not talking about something like the room. That's just garbage. But to me, there's a difference between garbage. Hold on now. The room is absolutely hilarious. You've watched it. It It is absolutely hilarious. I was in tears watching that movie. I can't get past dudes acting. To me, it was That's like a bad. Hilarious about it. To me, it was a bad impression of fucking uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Sling Blade. <laughs> <laughs> like if Sling Blade and Napoleon Dynamite had a baby, that's the actor in the room. You know, it's just horrible. It, it, I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna lie. I watched The Disaster Artist before I actually watched The Room. And right. I, when you, if you watch The Disaster Artist, you're like, man, there is no way that this dude did this and i watched it i'm like and uh james franco nails that dude too he does a great job of it and you watch the actual movie you're like man this dude really did this and i cannot (laughs) believe he did this and it's and it like it plays like once a month in la or something like that and it i mean it's still played it, like on a regular, and when they do it, the theaters are packed out. People love it, and it's it, it's because it's that fucking horrible. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but it's perfect. Well, we've been sitting here for a good half an hour just bullshitting about films and sci-fi. Uh, let me go ahead and ask you: Is that what you normally talk about on your podcasts? Like, why don't you uh, tell man, us a little we- bit about your show? All right, so um, I have the Days of Comics Past podcast, and it uh, it's kind of evolved into d- something that different than we started off with. Um, but the idea was it to start off with was we were gonna, you know, just at the beginning of the show discuss like some comic book, pop culture, TV, movie stuff, like news, and then finish off with a comic book and me and the guy I do the uh, podcast with Caleb Eugene um, would read a comic and then we sit down to do like a review and walk through of the comic. But it's kind of evolved into basically just us sitting and talking like we're talking now. Right. And then just, you know, mentioning a comic at the end, maybe something that we've been reading lately. Um, 
I tried to utilize uh, Marvel Unlimited and later on DC Universe and use that to read the comics because I could just like hey, text him like, hey, man, let's read this comic this week, which to me was a great idea. But it just, I don't know, uh, it's, I just didn't like it after a while. Yeah. But just the, the us reading it and doing a walkthrough and a review of it, you know, because not everybody reads comic books. Right. So I wanted to try to reach out and, and grab a, a broader audience. So we still include the comic book stuff, but we kind of cut it back a whole lot. So, um, and I mean, dude, we, I, I will get on a rant about just random stuff sometimes. <laughs> like, uh, I'll give you an example. Like, I think the last episode that we did, or one of the last episodes, I, w- I was like, man, you know what? This Lady in the Tramp movie, I'm excited about it, but if they really want to blow me away, they're going to give me a sex scene. <laughs> I'm grown. I want to see. I want to see a sex scene, and they. I mean, they ain't even got to show penetration or anything. They can just like once they start getting at it, they can pan up to the moon or something, and just let me know. Hey, they're doing it, man. A cocker spaniel and a and a mongrel go at it, and all you see is a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 this is stuff I want to see. You know? <laughs> but I won't. I won't get it. But. You want to blow me away? You want to impress me? Give me that sex scene. It's only going to be like a couple seconds. You know? Hey, I I think that the Disney's become pretty progressive over the years. I think we could handle this. All I'm I'm envisioning is Clerks 2 and the argument about Lord of the Rings. And if Peter Jackson really wanted to impress me with them Hobbit movies, that ending scene, he would have ended it at the ending scene where uh, Sam gave... uh, Gave Frodo that gay fucking look, and right at the end of it, you know, he just goes suck, goes to suck town on Frodo, and all yeah, of a sudden Frodo, he just straight Frodo up bricks in Moto's right mouth. In mouth. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's running through my head as you're talking about a sex scene between two dogs. <laughs> but but it, it, it's funny you brought that up because, like, literally the whole reason I started or wanted to do a podcast was because of Kevin Smith and um. Jason Mewes. Oh, wow. And that's the whole reason I, I decided to do one, man. There's an episode, and I can't tell you the episode, but there's an episode of Jay and Silent Bob Gets Old. And mind you, Kevin goes on these. Kevin Kevin loves to talk. Kevin of Smith, course. that's. I, I mean, you know, Kevin Smith loves to fucking talk. And he goes on these rants sometimes, or not really rants, but he, he goes on these spills where he's just telling people like, Hey man, you know, get out here, create something. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know who might like it, you know, unless you do it. And he was doing an episode of Jay and Silent Bob gets old. And he was somebody, I think had asked him a question and he was telling him like, go out in this world, you know, do what you want to do, create something, chase your, you know, chase your muse. Um, and then he's like, well, no, don't chase my muse. He's right here. You leave my muse alone. You chase your own muse. And I was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to do it. So that's where I, it all started from. See, I'm not, I'm not me, too dissimilar. I'm not too dissimilar. Uh, Breaking the Fourth Wall, which launched Realm of the Mist Entertainment, this show that we're on right now, well, on my end, on your on your end, obviously, a completely different show. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On my end, it was launched because I started discovering Collider videos, you know, t- their movie talks and their Jedi Council and, and stuff. And I'm like, fuck, I could do that. 
you know, but <laughs> but it's the Kevin Smith connection. Uh, one of our shows called After Hours was born because of Hollywood Babylon. Okay, yeah, you Ralph know, Garman. Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith just sitting there talking about okay. random shit, and I'm like, well, fuck, we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, um, another another thing that um, really impressed me with like Kevin is, you know, he's got Smodcast that he does with Scott Mosier, and they did an episode where they're they're just talking about this walrus movie. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we should make this movie. And they just sit there and do, like, the entire script of this movie on this podcast. And at the end of it, they're like, hey, go on, go on social media. We'll do hashtag walrus yes or, or hashtag walrus no. And then they got this huge response of people doing hashtag walrus yes. <laughs> they ended up, the movie, in, they make the damn movie. Yep, tough. And it's tough. Yeah, and it's just like, man, that's so crazy that they were able to do this. Yeah, and that was at a point of his career that he wasn't doing anything. I'll tell you, you know, that. He, he wasn't really doing much, and it just blossomed out of that. And a lot of people do not like Tusk. If I, Kevin Smith, you know, polished up a turd and, and sat in front of me and said, "You need to like this," I'll go, "Yes, Kevin, I like this. I love it." Yeah, <laughs> that's how I am. No, when it comes to him. Well, you're not wrong. I mean, with SJ Promotions right now, which we could talk about, uh, because that that's pretty much how we all got interconnected with each other. Um, yes. I would love, if, if, if I could have two dream people to sit down and do a Breaking the Fourth Wall interview with, and it would probably be the easiest interviews on the planet, it would be uh, Kevin Smith and also Mark Hamill, because either one of them, you ask them one question and you just let them go. You just shut your mic off and let them talk. <laughs> you know? Oh God! Yeah. Hey, now they they actually um they did an episode or two together on uh it's it's uh Fat Man Beyond now, but it was uh, Fat Man on Batman before. Right with Mark Bernard. And, yeah, yeah. But see, Kevin Smith started off doing that by himself. Right, and he would have people on. And there's like, I think it's a two-part episode with Mark Hamill on it. It's amazing. It is awesome. But you see it. So, even yeah. Ke- even Kevin shuts up and just lets Mark talk. And that yeah, is yeah, weird I'll for see, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And this is, uh, I, I love Kevin so much. Like, did you did you guys see him on, uh, oh, my God, I can't remember the late show now. He overshadows the person's late show. It was, um. Uh, Colbert. He was on Colbert the other night, oh, and nice. uh, he was advertising um, you know, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And he goes on there, and like the, the almost the entire time he's on there, he's telling a story about going and meeting his daughter's boyfriend for the first time, <laughs> and it is hilarious. It is like he's not like talking about anything. He talks about what he wants to talk about when he does. It, it's he is such a crip. <laughs> I, I I had the distinct advantage talking about Kevin Smith, or, or not the advantage, the distinct pleasure, thanks to SJ Promotions and and all, uh, to sit down and do an interview with uh, Marilyn Gigliani, Veronica from oh, Parks awesome. One. Uh, that was that was absolutely wonderful. Just just hearing her memories of of like doing that film and you know her interactions with like Kevin and Jeff Anderson and and you know Jason and and all the the cast members, Brian O'Halloran. And 
you know, it, Kevin Smith really is a a uh, testament to follow your dreams. Like I, I put him in the same leagues as somebody like George Lucas, or even you know, this is going to be way out there, but somebody like Insane Clown Posse. People who were told you can't do this, and they're like, "Fuck you, we'll do it anyway." And they wound yep. up becoming a major success doing it their way. Yep. You know, so absolutely. I love Kevin Smith. I love what Kevin Smith represents to people who, who may have a dream but may not have the same aspiration or not aspirations, the same connections that others might. Just go fucking do it. You never know. The only way you're going to know it'll fail is if you never try. And, I, and I'll tell you, like, he is just a great human being. Um, I, I really cannot talk more highly about him. Like, the, the other day I sent a post that he put on Twitter, and it was a bunch of pictures of him and fans that they walked up to him, walked up to him and said, oh, my God, can we take a picture? And like, oh, my God, I ain't got no phone or nothing. He's like, don't worry, I got one. I'll take a picture. I'll send it to you. And <laughs> – he waited. He waited till he had like nine or ten of them, and then he posted them all at one time on his <laughs> Twitter. Him and the people that didn't have a phone or something when they met him. Yeah. Which is, which is uh, weird. Who doesn't have a phone nowadays? Shit, yeah, my ten my exactly. year old daughter probably, has a phone. <laughs> yeah, I I can only imagine. It probably had to take him a while to to get these pictures. It, it, there was a story that uh, him and his wife was telling on a podcast one time about how like they were at a hotel and they were out on the road he was like i gotta have people watch me because i'll do stupid shit so <laughs> like I'm, I'm downstairs and i'm outside the lobby and i meet this guy i start talking to him and the guy's like man yeah i'm coming down with my luck man i just need a ride he's like look we got a car we'll give you a ride don't worry about it and he's like uh his wife walks out there he's like hey can we get this guy a ride he's like no no we cannot give this guy a ride we have to go why are you doing that <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> well, I, I definitely, I definitely want to stay stay on track here a minute. Uh, I want to, I want to get as much information about about you and your show as as possible. Uh, you've been doing this for over a year, but you said you said to me before that you were talking about launching a new show. Yeah, uh, like you said, uh, I've gotten hooked up with uh, S and J Promotions, and um, they are tremendously helping me well they're amazing you guys already know and they're helping me get <laughs> interviews and uh i've decided to start a second uh podcast it's actually called uh muse chasers where i sit down and i i interview people and talk about them and their lives and their careers and uh where how they got to where they're at and uh it, it's been amazing so far so i've actually been reaching out to some people myself trying to get people on the show too which is not easy. So, no, it is not. Which gave me a whole new respect for Steve. Because it is not. I, I've probably reached out to probably fifty people, and I've gotten one. I'll so sing. it's not. It is not an easy job. I'll send you a couple. So, I'll send you a couple. Not the ones I didn't get from SJ Promotions. Although we've been getting a lot from SJ Promotions. I, I still had a couple from from beforehand. People like uh, Mike Quinn, Nine Nub from Star Wars. I could talk to him. Um, oh yeah, that would be awesome. You know, he he's he's done it for me before. Uh, and hell, I could sing you uh, pro wrestlers, independent circuit, and uh, mainstream. I, I know some people, so 
we'll we'll get you out there. Hell, Ray and I will more than likely, more than happily come on if you just want to talk to some loser podcasters. <laughs> oh yeah, because um, I, I mean, I want man, I want to get anybody, anybody that's because uh, anybody that, that's that's going out and trying to do something, you know, and trying to because this like, dude, I literally at one point in my life thought I was going to be a rapper, and that was in my head, and it's not. It was a horrible dream, but it, I had it though. <laughs> you know, I had it. I cleaned on to it for a while. That was like podcasting. I can do podcasting. I may not be great at it, and I and like I've said this a billion times, like hey, what podcasting is a blank canvas that you paint a picture on. Now you look at Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's painting Picassos, and I'm over here drawing stick figures, but I'm doing it, and I'm happy with it, and it makes me happy, and that's why I'm doing it because I get the joy off of it. You know, some people try to jump into podcasts and try to make money and everything, and I'm not about that because number one, it's hard. Mm-hmm. it's extremely hard to make money off the podcast. When you do, it's not going to be a whole lot. I mean, in all actuality, to me, if I could just make enough money to cover my cost of doing it, I would be happy. No, absolutely. But it doesn't, I, yeah, but I mean, to me, it's, it's something that I really enjoy doing and I'm fine putting a little bit of money into it and not getting anything back other than the joy of doing it. Well, see, you you bring up a great point, and it's something it's something that a lot of people, like aspiring podcasters who who listen to the shows, a lot of people look at people like Joe Rogan or Kevin Smith or <clears throat> Collider as examples where that this is their day job because they had that much success with their shows, and you know what power to them. But all of us, nine times out of ten, we have nine to fives. Like I'm a fence installer. I don't know what you do, you know, but I'm a fence installer. I, I, I'm I, a maintenance. You're a maintenance what? A maintenance technician. Okay. And I, I work at night, and it makes it makes it tremendously hard to be able to do these interviews and stuff because a, a lot of these people are all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. and different time zones and stuff. And I have to, you know, I have to, I have kids. I have to deal with kids during the day. Come to school, get them back home, do homework, get them fed, get them bathed, get them ready for bed. And then all this time, I have to get a nap in so I got to work at night. So it's not easy. That's exactly it. But but the thing the thing the thing that a lot of people should take from this is that if you're gonna do this, first off, it's a great community. I, I've met so many great people from other podcasts. Our our friends from WPS podcasts, you, our friends from uh Think to the Brink, our our friends from Star Wars Canon Podcast. Like I've met a lot of great people that not only helped promote my show, but I more than happily promote any of their shows. You know what I mean? Because you know, it's just we're all there to help each other out. But the big thing is, is you don't get into podcasting for money. You get into podcasting because you want to podcast. You want to have conversations with people or talk about, share your passions and, and connect with other people that, that get the same passion as you do. You know, uh, but if you try to get into this, into this business just for the sole sake of money, Nine times out of ten, you're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> yes, and, I, and I'll and I'll tell you something else just to go along with that is that if you because I've had people come up to me and be like because uh, I'll go to like bars and stuff or whatever, which doesn't happen very often, right? At all nowadays, but like I went you know, the other day, I went to a bar and I had I seen a couple people and I was like, hey man, do you listen to podcasts? <clears throat> and I, and I tell them about it. Yeah, what I do, 
and I've had some people say to me, man, I, man, I thought about doing a podcast before. And my first question, when somebody says like, I thought about doing a podcast, man, that's something I really like to do. I go, well, what podcast do you listen to? And if somebody goes, well, I don't really listen to them a whole lot. then I say, well, that's your first issue mm-hmm. because no artist ever drew a picture without being a fan of art. Right. No musicians ever played a song without being a fan of somebody that made music. So I'm like, if you don't listen to podcasts and you're not a huge podcasting fan, I don't see how you're going to succeed at doing a podcast. No, you're, you're yeah. absolutely Very right. Very true. And, yeah. and, and again, you know, I've heard, the, I heard the excuses, well, I can't afford the equipment and everything else. Again, when I first started breaking the fourth wall with that, that launched realm of the Miss Entertainment, I started with my cell phone and a micro uh, digital recorder. And I set the digital recorder next to my microphone so I could have a conversation with a couple buddies of mine over the phone. And then I would upload it onto YouTube uh, using a, an, a free app that I found on my phone called Wii Video to create the little video effects. It cost me nothing. It was not the greatest quality, but I mean, it's where I started. And now we do a whole lot better quality because I found other programs and other abilities to do to do what we do. But I mean, really, the only thing stopping somebody from doing a podcast is yourself. I've yeah. seen I've seen podcasts about yawn yarn knitting. I've seen podcasts about collecting Thai beanie babies. Whatever you're passionate about, talk about it. There's nothing stopping you but you. It doesn't cost anything to start a podcast. It costs if you want to be serious about it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, nothing nothing stops you from doing it but you. Yeah, I mean, when we started doing ours, because I would suggest if you're going to start one, start it with what you have. If you have a phone, start it with your phone. If you have a little bit of money to toss around, what I, I mean, what I did was I went and bought a uh, an actual audio recorder, right? And it was just a handheld audio recorder, and I just sat it between me and my buddy, and that's how we started doing it. And the reason I went that route was because the audio was a little better. It's not great, but it was a little better than using a cell phone. So I spent like, I think like 50 or 60 bucks on this Tascam audio recorder, the handheld recorder. And man, I think we did like the first probably 20 episodes that way. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm, I I know I want to do this. I got somebody that's doing it with me. We can't always stay consistent, but I'm loving doing it. So then that's when I put the money into the equipment that I have. And then uh, when you do do it, you want to do it with a minimum amount of equipment. You don't need, like, uh, I, I see all these people, they, they want all these mixing boards and all this stuff, but there's ways around that you don't have to have all that. Exactly. So there, there's ways to get around it. You know, you can get really great audio with a minimum equipment. You just mm-hmm. have to be a. You just have to go research it and see what fits you and what you're trying to do. That, that's exactly it. it. It's like uh, you get what you put into it when you when you decide you're serious enough. Definitely get yourself a webcam if you do a video podcast. A microphone is your best friend. Of course, you want to buy at least like a, I use a a, a blue snowball uh, for, yeah. for for my my microphone. But I mean, I know people that use 
high quality and recording mics and the snowball i mean it was a gift to me but i know it's like a 50 60 dollar mic you know it, it's not that expensive to use and of course like like we described it, it, uh, it's a great microphone it is and and uh as i described to you off air i'm not going to bother doing it on air let people discover it the same way i did there are programs that you can get on the computer for your recording and editing that cost little to nothing to use and you could start really building yeah. your quality just on them and there's there's even programs you can download there's apps you can get on your phone yeah, I've been trying, like, I, I've been making these videos, like I, I was telling you earlier, and th that would go along with just audio and just give you a little bit of visual so I can start posting these things on YouTube. I'm doing it on my phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm doing it when I'm at when I'm at work and I have a break. I'm sitting there messing with this and cutting, you know, cutting all this thing up and, and making it look as fancy as I can do it. <laughs> and, th I mean, this is something that, that you can do some of it with your phone. I mean, it's if you want to do it, you have nothing holding you back, honestly. That's it. Just just the time and the desire. That's all you need. Everything else can come with the time uh with the time or you could stay right where you are with it. It doesn't matter. It, it the, what matters is you get your content out there for an audience to hear. Exactly. And then everything will fall into place eventually. And you know, hey, if you want to, if you want to purchase equipment, you can do a little piece here. You know, just get a bike and get a mic this month, or and maybe a couple months from now, get another mic if you need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's not something you have to rush into. I think people feel like they have to rush into it. They have to have all this equipment, but you don't. Like you said, you can start off with with your phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I started off with that audio recorder and used it for more episodes than we have with the actual better equipment that I have now. <laughs> and dang, <laughs> so I I I, I, I love. I, I'm gonna tell you, podcasting gives you um, a, a feeling of when you create something, you feel better about yourself. You know, creativity breeds happiness. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the, I mean, the one thing that everybody has is a voice, and everybody has something they want to talk about, even if it's tie any babies, like you said, or knitting. And there's somebody else that wants to hear about it. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know? Some, somebody it, somewhere it, shares it, that passion. Yeah. It was, it was the guy I was talking to at work the other day. He was telling me, uh, he's like, man, I, I'd really like to get into, like, forging. Like like knives and swords and stuff. I was like, man, that'd be pretty cool. He's like, I really don't know how to do it. And I was like, well, you know, you can look it up on YouTube, and I am <laughs> sure there is. I bet there's a podcast for it. He's mm -hmm. like, you think uh, so? There is. There is no shortage of videos because that's where I learned how to do it. And let me tell you, that is not an easy hobby. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I can only imagine. I I only did it intermittently for like two years, and then I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. Uh, it's ran its course. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> hey, look, not all yeah, not, yeah. not all of us are like Ray, where you know a, a podcast falls in your lap, <laughs> right? Oh. 
No, it's all I, coming I, out it, now. No, I make I make that joke because uh, another person that works with us is who introduced me to Ray to do uh, the Dungeons and Dragons show that we do, Chronicles of the Lost Realm, and Ray's a DM. You know, he 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 runs Dungeons and Dragons games. So, the DM's a dungeon master. Yeah. Yep. So I, I I don't know much about the D and D stuff. Uh, I, I just I never got into it. So, so the joke is, is that Ray started out as a as a dungeon master for an idea to do a a, a tabletop uh, show about dun, you know Dungeons and Dragons, you know, playing the game, and in turn he wound up becoming a co-host of War of the Stars to being one of the uh, one of the main hosts of Breaking the Fourth Wall, and now he's basically a partner of the damn company with an offshoot <laughs> channel called Sounds Dicey, and it it all was just simply because hey, you want to run a game. Yep. <laughs> yep. It all unfolded from there. <laughs> so not everybody it falls in your lap, but I mean, you know, again, Ray chased a passion of his, which was he likes playing Dungeons and Dragons. And that it, launched it him that launched him to doing how many interviews in a week? Oh man, I like <laughs> five, six. Sometimes three a day. It all depends on Steve. <laughs> and let's put it yeah. let's put it this way. I think the only person that's more excited about his podcasting career than him is his wife. I mean, she turned around and was like, "Oh yeah, you got to do this." Winds up and buys him a whole entire like mic system set up because you got to sound professional if you're going to do this. You're going to do it right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's you're screwing this up. Let me help you. Damn. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's how it went down. She's like, well, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it professionally. And she orders me a microphone and then she says, turn my walk in closet into a soundproof room. Get in there. <laughs> All right. Damn, your wife put that you in awesome. the closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you come out either. <laughs> Don't you come out until we're rich. <laughs> Holy shit! But man, yeah, well, let me ask you guys a question because I like the D and D thing, man. All right, is is that gotten bigger over the last couple of years? Because I swear, man, that it seems to me that more people play D and D than they ever have. I think. Oh, I yeah. think. I think. Pers- I let. I let Ray answer this, but just real quick, like I definitely think it's gone more mainstream than it ever has been before. Uh, it used to be a lot more underground in, in my memory. Like when I played it, I used to be a closet Dungeons and Dragons player. Like I would tell my friends I was going out on a date on a Friday night just to be able to go hang out with my D and D friends and not have my normal <laughs> friends think I was some you know some nerd, you know, or something like that. But nowadays, yeah, they're like you type in Dungeons and Dragons on YouTube and you can find a whole bunch of people not only playing but broadcasting it just like we are with Chronicles. But uh, I'll let Ray dig, dig deeper into that because it's it's more his world than mine. Well, it was it's actually kind of a twofold thing. Um, you're definitely right. It was definitely underground, and everybody was kind of like, "Oh, I can't let people know that I'm playing D and D, or else I'm a nerd and I'll be ostracized." And and that's just you know, I I don't want that. And so everybody played in secret. And then as of late, it really jumped out into pop culture. You, I mean, you've got Stranger Things. The kids are playing it in there. You've got celebrities coming out saying that, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a D&D player. And all of a sudden it was, okay, now I don't have to hide to play anymore. So you got that going. 
And then with all the celebrities doing it and it's just recurring in pop culture and things like that, people are seeing that and saying, oh, you know, that actually looks kind of fun. I might try that. So it was kind of a double whammy for Dungeons and Dragons, and it really has just exploded since that happened. So you're absolutely right. The past couple of years, it's definitely gained momentum and popularity for sure. Well, I would I would say yeah. this. I would go so far as to say this much too. I think a part of it is the uh, modern society can can see Dungeons and Dragons for what it is. Like you think you think back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, where it was considered like devil worshiping and mm-hmm. and all that. But in reality, like it was a lot of mathematics and a lot of study. You like reference using the books as reference points to to be able to do the game and do the game right. So I mean that in its own right helped with people's study habits for schooling and 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 beyond that's why so many successful people have come out and said yeah i used to play D, you know probably helped them with memorization and and research and you know like i said mathematics and everything else but nowadays people are realizing unlike things like video games or or film it is unlimited inclusivity it doesn't matter in the dungeons and dragons world what you are or what you play you could whatever you can imagine you could be in mm-hmm. that game and without judgment, you know, and I think that's something that appeals to a lot of people, especially in this current day and age where, you know, regardless of which side of the political coin you sit on or, or what you think about, like, for the sake of argument, like LGBTQ uh, politics or Republican or liberal politics or whatever, all that shit doesn't matter when you sit down at a table playing Dungeons and Dragons. Because all of it is accepted and all of it can be incorporated into the story in some way, shape or form and be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nerd culture is a huge thing these days. Everybody's getting on board with it. Yeah. I, 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 like I said, I never played D&D and, and I, I got into ma- I, I love magic. And it just like and probably for I would say about two years. I was heavy into it playing standard and everything and tournaments and everything. Right. Oh, wow. It costs so much. <laughs> and it, I cannot, I just can't justify putting that much money into it. I mean, yeah. you know, with D&D, you just, I mean, it's not that much money involved, is it? Once you get all your material. Oh, there's there's still a lot of money involved. But afford, but luckily in this in this you know technical superhighway day and age, there's ways around it, you know. But like there are people who will buy sets upon sets sets upon sets upon sets of dice. There are people who believe that there's only so many good rolls in a in a d20, and once those rolls are spent, you got to go buy another die, you know. And then of course with. Wow. With uh, with with Wizards of the Coast owning Dungeons and Dragons, they they keep releasing new editions of the game, you know, which means you have to go out and buy the books again if you want to stay current on the editions. And back when I started playing a second edition, you could buy the Dungeon Master Guide or the Player's Guide for fourteen bucks. Now they're sixty bucks a piece, you know. And what? but like I said, they're they're in this technological age, there are ways around that. I don't advocate to it. But there are ways around it. <laughs> Where magic, you have to buy the cards. You can't not play the game, or you can't play the game with not buying the cards. So, right. Yeah. 
but um, they do have they have Magic Arena now, and you can play Magic on there. It, uh, of course, it's digital, and I mean it's on your computer. And it's nowhere near as fun as actually having the actual cards. But if somebody wanted to play Magic for free, that would be the way to, uh, about going about that. You know, you can play it on there for free. It's kind of like um, I don't know if you guys ever did anything with it, but it, it's kind of like an app on your phone where if you spend money in it, it's you, know, you can spend money. You don't have to, to 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 play, but if you spend money, you're going to be ahead of the curve. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, you could you could it, you could buy starter packs and and booster packs, or you could just win matches and and I've I've played arena and I've played the uh, <clears throat> previous digital Magic the Gatherings uh, that we're up to, and they they were all the same like. You could grind for decent cards and and randomly get decent cards, or you could buy booster packs, or you could spend real money and buy the cards you want to build the deck you want, which gives you a straight advantage in the beginning of the game. But you could, if you stick it out and just play the game, you could eventually get what you need. One anyway, it's just a longer grind. <laughs> the, well, and the problem I have with Arena, which I don't know, I've never looked it up and seeing if anybody else had an issue with this. And it's not really an issue, but I they I think that it looks at your deck and it pairs you against people that have similar decks. Or something like... I, I have like a deck that has all the colors in it. Right. And I would play people constantly that had decks similar to mine. And then i go switch my deck and play with a different one, and then I wouldn't be playing those people. So I, I ended up just not playing it after that because of that reason. Because I'm like, hmm. man, that's not how magic works. You know, <laughs> right. You're supposed to randomly pop up. It doesn't, I mean, you go to a tournament, you're not, they're not going to match you up against somebody. You just get that person and you play them. And yeah. You're not going to get matched up with them based off of your deck. Well, then and, it, and, I, and I swear that's how it works. Well, then, then again, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a very long time since I've done a uh, magic tournament, but like local tournaments at least, you don't get to use your deck anyway. Nine times out of ten, to make it fair, everybody got a random deck, and you played with whatever cards were in that. Uh, it, well, it all depends on what kind of tournament you're playing in. <laughs> like standard, I mean, standard, you bring your deck, but you have guidelines. You know, everything has to be, and uh, all your cards have to be in standard format. You know, so we're talking like, like five, I think five sets that's come out. So like when a new set comes out and a set gets dropped out of standard, then you have a whole list of cards that you can't use anymore. Right. And I remember and there, you, there, you have, there were some cards that have limitations. Like I remember back when I was playing it, uh, Dacon Blackblade, if you're familiar with that card, you were only allowed one yeah. in the deck. You were only allowed one yeah. in the deck where everything else you could have up to three. Dacon, you could only have one because of how overpowered he could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you're allowed. You're allowed uh, up to four cards of one single card. Like, like you said, you said three, but it's four. And unless it's noted, there was a, a card that I think it's called Relentless Rat that you're allowed to have however, however many of them that you want in the deck. Nice. But it, the card actually has to say it. You know. See. But you know stuff like that. They don't like stuff like that in tournaments, like standard play. They don't come out with stuff very often with it, like in newer cards. Now, I think that Rad actually come back, and I think it's in standard play now to where you can have a Rad deck that's basically 
it's just like a one-one rat, and when you play it, uh, every rat on the field gets like plus one plus one. So if you end up, and I think they cost like maybe two mana a piece, so you end up having four mana out there. Then you know, they build off each. I mean, four rats, and they all play off of each other. You know, and then mm-hmm. you get a, all these big rats. But it, you know, they they have so many different uh, formats that you play play in in Magic, and they do have one that's called Popper now. And Popper, you, it, it's just, um, let's see, it's, it's just commons. No, yeah, just commons. That's the only kind of cards you can use on it. Right. You know, the, the lower end cards. And what's happened is, is that they created this format where you can use basically any, out of any sets during Magic, uh, you know, since it's been out, and these cards that cost like ten cents a piece, you know, you can sit and make a deck. Well, you know, when it started, you could sit and make a deck for like ten or fifteen bucks, right? And it would be this really amazing deck going against other people. Well, what's happened is, is that people it got popular, and now Popper is expensive to play because all these cards that cost ten, fifteen cents are now two or three dollars a piece right. because of this format. <laughs> There's no way of getting around it. You're going to end up having to pay money to play this game. It's crazy. But the nice um, thing about Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering is get your kids in and comic book collecting is get your kids into it. Then they'll t- be too broke to ever get into drugs and alcohol. True. And it's very true. <laughs> very true. <laughs> And then if they if they are not putting money into it, you know they're doing something wrong. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But as much as um, I hate to cut this one short, I think we're reaching the end of time here. We definitely went over, but I don't care. I was enjoying this. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah well, me too. Well, it was a good conversation. Yeah, well, before we end it, man, can, can you guys tell me a little bit more about uh, Realm of the Mist and everything that the billion podcast you guys have going on. I'm going to tell you what, I'm impressed, man, because when, when you guys did it, you ran with it. You know, <laughs> you, you didn't hold any limitations. All right. Well, uh, well, I guess like, I, like I said, with the story starting off, I started off with a podcast called breaking the fourth wall, which is the one that I'm, I'm recording right now. And that was originally supposed to be my only podcast until John Tully contacted me and wanted to do, uh, talk to me about how do I get into podcasting? I want to do a star Wars show War of the stars. And I told him I would help him out with it. And when I told him that to help get his show launched, I felt to protect it. I would use uh, realm of the mist entertainment, which was something I had already owned the rights to. Cause I used to be a musician and I protected my music and all under Realm of the Mist Entertainment. So I already owned the rights to it. It was an easy enough umbrella company that I already owned the name and, and everything. So that's where Realm of the Mist was born. That wound up spawning a whole bunch of other shows from other people wanting to come in. And it's like, well, wait a minute. If you're doing a Star Wars show and breaking the fourth wall, maybe you could help me with this show and with this show. And all of a sudden we had shows like Talking Trek. Uh, we had shows like, uh, 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 oh my God, uh, Adventures in Kronos. We had uh, uh, America's Pop Culture Magazine. Um, 
Journal of the Jedi. We wound up uh, partnering up with Star Wars Canon Library for a little bit. Uh, that unfortunately had did not work its way through. But I mean, essentially, Realm of the Mist became an umbrella corporation to help people not only promote their shows, but get their shows off the ground and out and heard to people. And even Breaking the Fourth Wall evolved itself from being in a, a general pop culture show to becoming an interview show. And in turn, it launched another pop culture show called Realm of the Mist Podcast because Breaking the Fourth Wall went a different direction. So, And then in turn, we wound up launching Sounds Dicey, which became... You know everything that was that was tabletop and video game oriented, just game oriented. Which really, it was launched by Realm of the Mist, but that's that's race. That's all race stuff. <laughs> so I uh, how long is it? How long has all this been going on? We are celebrating our third year anniversary. All right, wow, it's a lot of work in three years. That's it. And we try we try to make sure that we have something for everybody. I mean, breaking the fourth wall is interviews. Pop culture is Realm of the Mist podcast. War of the Stars deals with Star Wars. After Hours is our comedy show where we're just, you know, as raunchy and silly as we are as we could be where we just, you know, the 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 goal of the show is to make each other laugh and hopefully everybody else laughs with it too. Um what fucking other show? Oh, Press A Gaming is talking about video, <laughs> video games like there, we have so many fucking shows, it's hard to say, but it's always... We, the idea is something for everybody. Like yeah, you, that's, you, that's awesome. You can go to Realm of the Mist, and even if you never listen to a Breaking the Fourth Wall show, but you're a Star Wars fan, well, we got a show for you. You know, or you're a video game fan, we got a show for you. Oh, you're not really into podcasts, but you do dig video game Let's Plays, and you dig tabletop uh, gaming? Okay, well, go to Sounds Dicey. We got that shit for you there. That that's the whole premise behind it is we want to give you we want to make sure that there's content for everybody to enjoy. So yes, pay attention, guys. A yarn podcast is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> make a podcast about some guys learning to yarn. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it oh has to be video. You have to have video. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like it would be very short-lived. It'd be like, knit one, two, oh, yeah. You know what? Fuck it. I'm done. Where's my beer? <laughs> Granny's cross-stitch corner. <laughs> Seth, have some old lady with a fucking switch just fucking, do it again! And all of us just in there like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's wrong! I showed you! Go back in the closet! <laughs> I wouldn't mind <laughs> but yeah I mean we have shows like uh, I forgot Venus's show she's, she's, uh, she's one of our podcasters unfortunately it's been out on maternity leave at the moment uh, she just had a child uh, but she was running two shows called It Had to Be Said with Venus which was basically a rant show whatever, whatever you want to talk about and bitch about she was willing to you know sit down and talk about and then she also had a conspiracy theory show called uh, Tinfoil Hat Society. So, yeah. you know, you want to talk about, like, aliens? Like, the Area 51 fiasco would have been perfect for Tinfoil. But like I said, she's been out on maternity leave. She will eventually of, be coming of, back. Of course that would have happened. <laughs> of course, right? Yeah. She, yeah. She, she goes out to pop out a kid. Everybody wants to storm Area 51. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, again, just something for everybody. All right, where where can people find you? At? Uh, just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on YouTube, on Anchor.fm, or you know, Apple Podcasts, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And of course, you can All also right. look up Sounds Dicey for the exact same reason. Yep. <laughs> All right, and uh, I got uh, I actually have the Days of Comics Pass. It is Days of Comics Pass Podcast dot com. You can check us out there. It's uh. It'll lead you to all the links that we have uh, the podcast on, and I actually the Muse Chasers. I have not. We I got a Facebook page set up for Muse Chasers, but it is. Um, I've had some issues going along with it, and it, it's coming. Uh, but it, it was. I've, uh, I've I've hit a couple bumps in the road with it. So, well, if you it ever is, need any um, help, let us know. That's it. Oh yeah, most definitely. Or if you even want just promotion, like uh, we we I've done this for uh other guys like Think to the Brink and uh, WPS podcast. Record me a uh record me a commercial. I'll play it on their shows. Okay, and, and most definitely, and vice versa, man. If, if you guys have anything that uh you want to advertise, man, most definitely would do it for you guys. Most definitely, absolutely, and, and of course, like, like you and, said before, it's a community, man. That's it, you know, one succeeds, we all succeed. Uh, which leads me to the next point I want to say is, uh, you know, of course, for our end of the recording here, because uh, for people that are listening, this is going to be heard not only on Realm of the Mist Entertainment under Breaking the Fourth Wall, but this is also going to be heard, you know, on Mike's uh, Mike's podcast as well under his. So this is this is a general podcast right now that's going on two different platforms. So when yeah. I say when I say this, I'm speaking for the realm of the mist side, dude. You are welcome back more than any time. Not only I'm breaking the fourth wall, but any of the shows. If you if you want to sit down and be a part oh. of the panel of War of the Stars or something, just let us know, and we'll more than happily have you on. Oh man, I would I'd love that, man. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm I appreciate the offer, man. I, I'd love to hop on some Star Wars stuff, man. Or if you ever yeah, or, yeah. or if you want to yeah, learn how to play D and D. <laughs> Man, I, I, that would probably be a great episode to bring the guy that knows absolutely nothing on there and, and try to, to teach him some stuff. Well, no, yeah. we can't. We can't have a guy that does nothing. We already have Billy Knowles. Um, <laughs> oh, <no>. damn! <laughs> Shade at the Bard. Oh. <laughs> but guys, uh, listening on the breaking the fourth wall end of it, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this video. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share. Uh, share it out and leave a comment or, or follow on uh, Anchor. And, of course, guys, very much, go to our Patreon page. A dollar a month, you get exclusive content from Realm of the Mist Entertainment, and you help keep this show on the air so that way we can bring you all this great, wonderful content to you each and every week. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Ray, you want to add anything to that before I end our end? No, just Mike, thank you very much for joining us and thank you to all of our listeners. You know, without them we wouldn't be doing this. Awesome. And, and uh it just hey, if you guys want to check me out, uh and my buddy that absolutely hates me, but he does a podcast with me anyways, uh check out Days of Comics Fast Podcast dot com and uh we're on uh iTunes, uh Google 
Stitcher, where you know all those good places that uh, Spotify, where you can find podcasts, we're there. We're there waiting on you. Or just download the app Podcast Addict. You can find them there. <laughs> yeah, Podcast Addict, man. I'm telling you, that is an amazing app. I love it. That's where that's where I listen to most of my apps too, or my my podcasts. <laughs> I won't lie, I use Podcast Addict. <laughs> yeah, I mean, great but, app. I, I, and I and people and people, it blows my mind when people are like, "Hey, did, where do you listen to podcasts at?" I, it, it's so many people listening to it, but people I encounter on a daily basis don't really listen to podcasts, at least where I'm at in Virginia. Um, it's a whole lot of people around here that just do not listen to them. It, it's kind of trippy to me. Right. Because, I mean, somebody's listening to it, yeah. Hey, but, you know you know what? I mean, the, the, the greatest thing, the greatest thing about, uh, about podcasting is it goes f- so far beyond your neighborhood. Like we have listeners in fucking New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never once stepped where... foot in New Zealand, but we got listeners in New Zealand and fucking Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah, because I, I, I cannot remember where it was at. Oh, we, I have. There's somebody that listens to our show in Ireland, and they consistently download. And it's got to be it's one person. It is one person. And what trips me out is, is like, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but why, or girl, or whoever, why has this person not reached out to us at some point in time? Because uh, I'm like, the amount of episodes we have is that many downloads in Ireland from this one person. (laughs) And it's like almost, like, as soon as it, like, we post one, it may take like a week or two, but they'll finally download it. And I'm like, well, I don't know who you are, but I would like to talk to you. (laughs) right there you go that's it i I would love to talk to somebody outside of the united states like i we have one consistent listener uh who's actually from wales uh and i'll I'll call him out by name because he's actually given us our spoiler uh i had him record a spoiler for us that i haven't used in quite a while but when we used to talk spoil uh spoiler talk for movies i'd have it pop up on the video and it was him Saying, "Oh, you fucking cunt! We have ourselves a fucking spoiler," you know, in his in his Welsh <laughs> accent, which is just fucking awesome. But he's a buddy of mine, uh, Richard J. And I mean, yeah, I would love to talk to some more people that listen to us outside of the, the the continental United States because I would just love to know the appeal, you know, hear hear why they chose us, which I'm grateful and thankful. But you know, like. Yeah, we're we're silly Americans. What even brought you even to it, want to hear what we have to say? You know, <laughs> it may be for the comedy. It very well may be. Right, you know, these dumbasses. <laughs> they think they know yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, that's but, an, that's and, an invitation to you guys. <laughs> and and I, I just want to say this real quick because I I didn't say it earlier. And I know we're trying to end the show off, but I'm having fun talking to you guys. Um, I'll tell you that podcasting, once you get into it, it creates these avenues that you would never have had without podcasting. And just like you, you made contact with this guy in Wales, and now you guys are friends. Mm-hmm. You would have never had that. You know? um, I've actually uh, had a table at a Comic-Con where I promoted uh, me and my co-host promoted our podcast. I would have never had that. And I've I've done work 
with the uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, I would have, I, I'm not that guy. I'm not this guy that's going to volunteer my time. But because podcasting happened for me, I was able to work it out to where I was able to help them. And it just creates all these avenues, man. I, I've actually, me, my buddy, and another podcast, that's a local podcast of, of, of our little town, actually went and held a panel at a Comic-Con. And this stuff like that, man, I would have never had a chance to do anything like that if it had not been for podcasting. Breaking and it creates all these avenues, man. Breaking the Fourth Wall did a live uh, live feed on a radio uh, internet radio program uh, from a comic book store here in Pennsylvania. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I never once thought I'd be sitting in a comic book shop broadcasting worldwide on an internet radio station <laughs> talking about talking about movies and comic books <laughs> nobody wants to listen to my <laughs> yeah, dumb I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I, i'll tell you like the probably the coolest thing that i was able to do um when i i linked up with the american foundation for suicide prevention what what i did was is that we had a table at this comic-con and we were pro- promoting our podcast and we were also, you know, talking about you know, that that organization and everything they did. And this lady that uh, I got hooked up with, she was really—I'm not going to say strict—but she wanted me to know everything I could find out about what they had going on. Mm-hmm. And she gave me all this information, and I read through it and I memorized a whole lot of it, and. She had me come back, and she literally was like, "Okay, so if somebody walks up to you, what do you what do you say to them?" And I was like, "All right, this is what I would say." And she put me through the ringer on this, and wanted to make sure I was going to be this you know great rep for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And yeah, you know, I you know I passed the mustard. I did okay, and she, oh, and she showed up and everything too, man. She was awesome through the whole process, and we raised you know. I want to say it was three or $400 that day for them. And it was probably a week or two before um, I, I kept saying like, we need to make like a video uh, to advertise it, you know, and try to get people to come out and make sure they know we're there. You know, tell tell my co-host. And I was like, man, I really want to make something that kind of pops. I, I can't figure nothing out. You know, I guess we'll just do a regular video. And then this guy, that I I've seen you know, watching on TV and everything. He actually posts this long post about mental illness and stuff. And I was like, you know what? Shit, I'm gonna send him a message on Facebook to see if he replies back. So I sent him a message, and he replied back. And I asked him would he do a video for us and, and introduce us, right. or that we were going to be at, at Comic Con, and. He texted, he messaged back. He's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I've seen that you're on Cameo. You know, I can pay for your Cameo and, and let you do it that way. He's like, no, dude. I, the No, with your calls and everything you're doing, I'll send you the video on here. Don't worry about it. And it was uh, Michael Zapsic from Comic Book Men. Nice. And if it had not been for podcasting, I would have never got to talk to this dude. I would have never been able to help this organization out that means a lot to me, their, their calls. And I would have never been able to hold a table at a Comic-Con. So it opens up so many avenues. Now. I mean, I just cannot talk more highly about podcasting. 
Uh, see, now you make me feel bad because I mean, uh, the the most I, I've never been approached by the National Suicide Prevention Society or whatever. Well, then, no, 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 well, then, no, no, I, I I went to them. Okay. With that. The only thing so, the only it, thing it, I did was put out uh, for for support. You know, like uh, uh, after I think it was like right after the either I I, I want to say either Chris Cornell or Chester Pennington, because uh, both of them happened like one right after another. So I can't remember which one it was, but uh, right afterwards in our descriptions is always help is there National Suicide Prevention Hotline with the eight hundred number, like that. That well, in some small way I'm trying to do it, but I mean you really went above and beyond. It, well, and I'll tell you um, something I, I I feel really strongly about that you, that you may want to put in that description is they have a number you can text. They have a number you can text, and they have reps that it may take them a, a couple minutes to text back. But they have reps that will text back and will talk to you. And to me, in this day of age, people text. Right. It's a lot easier for somebody to text somebody and say, man, I feel this way right now. I need someone to talk to than it is for somebody to actually talk to them over the phone. You know, it, it's not as personal. And I really try to push that, man, because and I, it's, I think it's 7575, something like that. I can't remember right now. But I would put that in the description as well, man, because it's just kids nowadays – Text. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna and, say, uh, I was gonna say, especially because of uh, you know having you on the show, I want to make sure people can get uh, get to you and your show and everything else. Anyway, I was gonna have you. Uh, you're in, me- you're in message with Ray, who unfortunately his mic had died, so we've already lost him. Um, but uh, you're, you're in Facebook Messenger with Ray. Uh, send him the links to your stuff, so that way I can add it to the description. F- send me that text. Okay. Send him that text. Uh, that text information too. I'll make sure that goes in the yeah, description. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't include that into any of my uh, podcasts and this stuff. And that's something I'm going to do with news chasers. I'm going to put that in there somewhere. I think I'm going to do it at the intro. I'm going to like, I want it vocally heard, man, because I, you know, people need, there's somebody that needs to hear it, you know? And, um, we're we're actually I actually reached out to the same lady. Um, they have a walk here in Virginia, in Danville, Virginia, where I live at. They have a walk every year, and last year I missed out on it. But this year I'm going to try to incorporate podcasting into it. Obviously, people are walking, but I think what I want to do is I want to set up a, a tent and have people come and sit with me and tell me their stories. That be, and, that'd be and cool. The reason why they're there. Yeah, because people need to hear that too, you know. Uh, and, and the thing about the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is that it doesn't just support um, people that are going through that. It supports people that have had people that died. There's so many people that that you know have had lost people, and they reach out to found a foundation like that for comfort. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a, it's, I can't remember all these days now, but there's a day of the year that's called Survivor's, I think it's called Survivor's Day, and, and it, and part of that represents people that are survivors of people that they lost, you know, hey, I survive without somebody, you know, right. and, and they do so much good work, man, 
They do. And really the thing that stuck out to me about over all that was just that text, man, that you can text somebody, you know, cause I can only imagine being some teenager that just, I feel down out. It's something I can't talk to my mom or dad about. You know, I, I, I really feel a certain way, but I really have nobody I, I can reach out to, you know, I, I, I'm a dad, you know, sometimes you look over stuff and that's a way for a kid to be able to reach out. They don't have to speak to them. They can just text. Right. And I try my best to push that man, because that, I think that's something that, uh, and like I said, man, there's reps 24 seven sitting there waiting to respond to people. Right. So it, it, it's, it's a great organization, man. And I'll most definitely I'll send uh, the, that number. Cause I have, I literally have it on my refrigerator. When I get done with this, I will test it to him or so he has it. See, if you guys want to use that in your description, man, use it. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely going to put it in, in not only this video, but every video henceforward, yeah. man. Cause, uh, I've even stated it, uh, once, once that happened besides the suicide hotline, I've made it abundantly clear. Like, uh, if you want somebody to talk to and it's, it, you can't talk to a mom and dad or something like that, like maybe a perfect stranger, you know what? Contact Realm of the Mist Entertainment at gmail.com. Talk to us. We'll talk to you. Yeah, most definitely, man. Because I'm going to tell you, I, I, I fight with depression a lot, man. And I've lost two friends to suicide. It's not fun. None of it's fun. And there's, you know, there's help out there. And you know, they didn't know that. You know, and and there's and signs. You know, they, they have a list of things that, um, will tell you, like, maybe this person in your life is not feeling right. Maybe they're dealing with depression, not telling you anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, There's simple signs, like just somebody not wanting to do anything. You know, you might have somebody that goes, like a kid or even an adult, we'll just say an adult that goes to work every day, has no issues at work, goes to work, does a job just fine, comes home, but all they want to do is just play around. They don't want to do anything. And that is a sign of somebody dealing with depression. And a lot of people just think, like, oh, they're just lazy. They don't want to do nothing. But that's a sign that they possibly – well, I mean, obviously, they could possibly just be fucking lazy. But they that's a sign of depression is somebody just not wanting to do anything. They don't want to go out. They don't want to do you know anything other than just laying around and maybe watching TV. It's little things like that that people don't realize or don't know about. And – American Foundation for Suicide, man, they put all that information out, man. You can find it all. And, it's, and they have scientists that back all this, that, that's done the research. Yeah. And when you donate money to them, it helps all this goodness that they do. So I, 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 try, I try to donate some money each year to it because, you know, if you don't, if people don't, you don't have that number to call or text. I think I think it's a perfect way. I think it's a perfect way to end the show. Is what you're talking about is absolutely right. Is at the end of the day, whether it's the suicide uh, hotlines or the uh, the texts, or you go to a priest or your local church or synagogue or mosque, or you know you talk to your family members or you just contact some random stranger, be it at a bar or even emailing a po- a, a nobody podcast. There's always going to be somebody willing to listen, man. You are not alone. Exactly. And and thank you so much for this. 
from both you guys, even though we lost one. But uh, <laughs> yep. that sounded fucked up, even though we lost with the other guy. <laughs> he's I not did. lost. His mic just got cut off. Yeah, but, his, his mic died. And he's he's still with us. So he's, he's, and he'll listen to the rest of the show once it's up. So. <laughs> But, but yeah, uh, I'll, I'm gonna definitely uh, I'll, I'll send Ray the information and everything, and uh, thank you guys for having me on, man. Yeah, thank you, and thank you for having us on your show as well. Hi to your listeners. Make sure you're checking us out, and we're definitely gonna be checking out more of you guys. Thank you very much for h- hanging out with us, and we'll catch you on the next breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs>